Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday. Even though we don't have an Eagles football coming up this weekend. It's during the football season. It's a Friday. It makes it a football Friday. Here on Birds 365, you got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you. Uh, we had Thursday football last night, John. And easily the best thing about it was Jason Kelsey's appearance uh-huh. in the booth with Al and Kirk. Uh, he was outstanding as uh, expected to be, but... Uh, did a very good job watching the actual game. Was a little painful. Uh, neither the Bears or the Carolina Panthers are going to put any fear of any anybody uh, on a football field. Uh, but that uh, you, you get your football wherever you can get it. And we just mentioned this in passing yesterday about Kelsey. I asked who did I did I ask you or did I ask one of our guests? Will Kelsey? Uh, you you I and Mac now we're talking about it. Oh, it's Glenn. It, uh, yeah, for you know. Uh, the uh, where he's gone, his potential retirement, his future. Um, I mentioned he went out to Los Angeles in the offseason to to do the the media workshop thing they have for players uh, about potentially moving in that direction. And you know, everybody's seen his podcast locally, I think, and he's just really good at it. <laughs> I mean, he's a natural. Um, Glenn was making the comp to Tony Romo, who I think was the most natural I've ever seen stepping into the booth. I I think uh, he hasn't kept up that level over the years, but you know what? I have a conspiracy theory there. I think he, 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 he was giving away too many plays and they told him to tone it back. No, he would, he would not would be surprised. Up, yeah. He would go up to the line of scrimmage and, and he would say, because, 
it's not that difficult for quarterbacks, especially when they get that view and they, they know where the football's going. Cause I tell all the time now they teach concepts, not necessarily plays. And he was so good at it and he could impart it so quickly. And I truly believe they told him to tone that down. Um, which stinks for hardcore football fans, but probably, you know, they're thinking about a larger audience. Uh, but I digress. I mean, Kelsey's one of those guys who I could see stepping in day one and being really good at it. And, well, I want to follow <clears throat> up on your Romo point because I've said the same exact thing, as a matter of fact. So you and I are on the exact same page. Um Shame on the NFL if that's the case. I, I don't know it to be the case. I don't know it to be the case. Right. Either. We're both speculating here, but we both have pretty strong feelings and speculation about it that it did come down that way. Shame on the damn NFL if that's the case. It's not like Romo is getting information that's going to affect the outcome of the game. That he's just good at what he does. When he was a quarterback, he could read the defense. So he reads the defense on the fly, and the play ends up being damn close to what he says it's going to be. It has no impact on the outcome of the game. The only thing he's doing is embarrassing the coaches on the staffs that yeah, are not exactly. hiding their uh, defenses well enough, yeah. not hiding their plays well enough. They don't like the fact that, oh, shoot, this guy figured it out from 200 feet above, and yeah. we're trying to fake out the other defense. We're trying to uh, get the other offense. That That's just a uh, an ego thing. That they, yeah. oh my God, this guy's uh, smarter than we are. We can't have that in the. Oh, you're game. you're right Shame with on the coaches. Them. You're right with the coaches. I we, you know, one of the. I always say the best part of the XFL was they mic'd up the coaches, and a lot of people, well, not a lot, but the people who did watch the XFL would say, "Why can't the NFL do that?" I'm like, because the coaches don't want them doing that. They don't want any, uh, uh, ear, uh. You know, it's bad enough when they're mic'd up after the fact, but at least they can edit that. They edit that kind of stuff all the time. But uh, they don't want that live interaction. Um, that's the last thing they want for number of reasons. Not only ego, they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, you think about play calling. They don't want people to digest their play calling in the moments. Uh, yeah, they, they don't want any part of it. You're never going to see that in the NFL. Right. And oh, by the way, if the, oh, we almost said this, the coach could respond quickly. They got someone who lives, they're going to transfer someone on the field. One guy's got the ability to hear something. That's the middle linebacker with the Eagles. Uh, won't be Nicobe Dean for the, at least the next four weeks, if not more than that. And the quarterback. And oh, by the way, they shut the quarterback's mic down with uh, 10 seconds to 15, go before 15. the play clock. 15. 15 seconds. So it's not like the money, the, 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 the information can be referred to somebody on the field. They can't. So the whole fear of, Oh my God, they're going to know ahead of time. No, they're not. No, Romo's going to know ahead of time. The viewers and listeners are going to know ahead of time. The players on the field aren't going to, so it has no effect on the game. So once again, shame on the teams. If they actually had any hand in Romo being told scale back the whole telling them what's going to happen ahead of time thing. Shame on, on the NFL for that. All right. Uh, Eagles this week, Johnny Mack. Even though I know the Eagles' schedule is probably more well-guarded than nuclear, uh, uh, the football uh, codes, they try not to let, much like the plays on Sunday, they try not to let people know what they're doing, how much more difficult it is to find out during this bye week. They just shut it down and not 
let you guys in on anything and or <laughs> looks like getting all the mo- all the way to Monday night against Kansas City? Um, well, no. I mean, next week they're going to practice. It's just backed up a day. So it's a normal week, but it's a Monday night game. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday um, for the practicing. Um, and, yeah, this week, I mean, the players aren't there. Jason Kelsey is out in Chicago doing NFL games. I mean, they're uh, uh, on vacation or or – you know, one of the things in New York, there's a big kerfuffle about Zach Wilson going out to Utah. And, and he should be in the facility. No, he shouldn't be in the facility. He's not allowed to be in the facility. Um, now, you could argue. No, well, wait, 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 wait. Time out in New York, since we're talking about New York. If he shows up to work out, get in the way. Oh, he can work out. You know, That would be look, in the facility. Yeah. So he can't be working with coaches. He's not allowed to do that. Can't but you can show them. up and and put in yeah. some time and effort. They've got. I'm sure they've got... I, it bothers me when people criticize players for going on their collectively bargained vacation time. They're allowed to go on vacation. Um, yeah, yeah. What is that going to do? You're right. I mean, he could go in and work out. Is that going to make everybody feel better? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Um, and I get the fact that he's not a good quarterback right now, but that's the limitations of this CBA and that's the limitations of that sport. And that's why you see games like Thursday nights. Um, and it was interesting. I, I think Lewis Riddick uh, tweeted out. I'm sure it was because I don't know if that was um, the reason he did it. I would have to assume it's the reason he did it. Uh, but he talked about, you know, the draft and picking players and evaluation and valuation. And then he put, you know, number three development and, and, and putting them in the right positions essentially. And everybody, not everybody, I, I get trouble when I say that, but they forget about number three and they, they assume, Oh, you draft a good player or you draft a bad player. And here it is. I finally found it. Research evaluation, two, valuation selection, three, development utilization. It's like, you know, Bryce Young got all the talent in the world. That's why uh, all these teams, all these crappy teams who are dreaming about Caleb Williams, that kid's got a lot to learn. He's got a ton of talent, but you better put him in the right spot with the right coaches because he's not learning anything. And that joke of an offense he plays in right now, which is All so right, now, simplified. Now, see, now I got to go timeout again. Joke of the offense that he plays in. Didn't we here put Frank Reich on a pedestal at one point when he? No, I'm talking about Caleb Williams. Williams. I'm talking about Caleb. Yeah, oh, Caleb Williams. I, I thought you were still talking about Frank. Uh, I'm talking. No, I mean Carolina's not doing a good job. I'm not sitting here saying, or 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 you know. Again, research evaluation of the prospect, valuation selection of the prospect. Maybe they should have took C.J. Stroud. I've heard, nobody's going to tell you the truth, I've heard that Frank Wright wanted C.J. Stroud, and Mr. Tepper went the opposite direction, which is always a disaster. Um, I don't know if that's true, uh, but that's the rumor around the league. I've I've heard the same thing. Yeah. That's the rumor around the league. Um, and I, again, but 
they're not doing either way. The kids got talent. They're not doing a good job. Um, and they don't have playmakers and all the stuff you hear with all quarterbacks who struggle. And But it shouldn't be that bad. It shouldn't be that bad. Speaking of non-playmakers, man, has Miles Sanders fallen through the floor. They yeah. Got two carries for minus five yards last night. I do a, uh, a hit on Twitter spaces for Thursday Night Football. In-game, uh, halftime, uh, potential wagers for the second half. And uh, the guy did it with last night, Brad Feinberg. I hit him up ahead of time. I said, you got anything in before the game that you can talk about at halftime, double down, I hey, uh, got a hedge out of this, whatever. And he said he played Miles Sanders over 20 yards before the game started. He said, I, I thought for over sure. 20. Yeah. He got minus sure five yards, minus five. He got tw- two carries, one play, lost five yards. I think the other one got back to the line of scrimmage. Man, how the mighty have fallen. You got to give a tip yeah, of the cap to the Eagles uh, again. Um, they use a guy to a point when it gets to bad ev- evaluation, valuation. Uh, they're ready, willing, and able to move on. And they did for Miles Sanders. Now, I like Miles, and Miles was a major contributor to them going to the Super Bowl last year. But I, I don't know if it's that Carolina is just that bad or Miles peaked out and now he's headed down the other side of the mountain. But He's given Carolina nothing this year. You're right. I mean, it, it's hard to criticize this team's uh, uh, maneuvering with the running back position other than I would say, please remember this next draft when you like a running back um, and please stop talking about it because um, they – they see what the NFL is at running back, and they've correctly assessed that this is not a position you put a ton of assets in, and you can get um, capable um, production, especially when you have a quarterback, one healthy that they have, it, which makes it even easier. Now, if they had a different type of quarterback, it'd probably be a little bit more important, uh, but still, I don't think they'd go overboard. Um but I hope people remember that draft time because they tend to always forget it. Right. And you can get, you can get excited about a running back, but it better be your running back. You're ready to draft in the fourth round. If, if you're thinking first, second, or third, you're probably thinking a little early for the Eagles. Don't think. Well, they'll draft be- anybody in the second round. Moss was a second round pick. They'll draft. They'll start thinking about um, other positions in the second round, but first round it's very limited. Defensive front, offensive line, corner, receiver, uh, and it you know there's we know we know the pecking order, but there are certain positions. Linebacker we've talked about for years is another one. Yeah, they're not going to draft a linebacker mm-hmm. in, the, right. in the second in the first round. And as you correctly stated, Miles was a second round pick. That was also now five years ago, John. Yeah, it's been a while since they went to the second round for a running back. They haven't gained well fourth round. Fifth? Uh, Gainwell was, was fifth, I believe. Fifth, fifth. round. Okay, yeah. so that, that tells you how much draft capital they put in in the last five years in the running back position, and I don't think it's going to change mightily during this upcoming season. And, oh, by the way, on the running game, I know the last couple of weeks the Eagles' running back numbers have dropped. Certainly DeAndre Swift's have, um, and you've been second-guessing the running back room just in general a little bit. The, Compared to the rest of the league, John, they're still damn good. Oh, Even yeah, with a declining 10. running game, they're, 
They're top five. Yeah. They're not top 10, top five. There's a little difference there. And oh, by the way, DeAndre Swift has an outside chance of winning a rushing title. He's number three in the NFL right now. That's not a bad place to be in. No, but the vast majority of it, he's like three yards, I believe, behind his career high. And the vast majority, it was 614, I believe. Um, and the vast majority came in two games. It's all on point now, which is, hey, they count. They count. I mean, but 161, uh, almost, yeah, almost half of his yards have come in two games when the quarterback was completely healthy and the threat was still there. Since the quarterback came, uh, got banked up in Los Angeles, he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry, Jody. The difference is stark. And people are saying the offensive line is not doing their job. Well, the offensive line is still getting all these accolades. PFF still says they're great every week, um, with the exception of right guard. Yeah, and but, you, you can't just diminish that. I know it's one of five, but it is a well. Again, five. they've run you're, three you're, different guys through there from uh, Jurgens to uh, Opeta to Steen. It's not like uh, they've had five blocks of granite across the wall. They've had to make some significant changes at right guard. Yeah, they have, but you, you, you made a good point in saying all you can do is contextually put it against the rest of the league, which I always agree with, and the Eagles' running game is still good. It's just ex expectations-wise and what people expect, it's it's down because of what they've been able to do in the past. Um, same thing happens with – look at the other offensive lines. I mean, nobody's got four Pro Bowl-level players uh, except Philadelphia, so – Oh, boo-hoo, you got to deal with a little problem at right guard. Uh, nobody else is going to cry you, River, because they're dealing with multiple issues. Uh, most other no, it, teams. The, the only point I tried to make, John, maybe I didn't illustrate well enough. Uh, you said when Jalen Hurts' knee got hurt and the other team started figuring out, well, that's why uh, Swift's numbers have dropped. It kind of coordinates with when the right guard went down as well. So you and I can have an opinion. Neither one of us is ever going to be able to prove it. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is because the right guard isn't holding up. And uh, uh, Jason Kelsey will tell you this, uh, maybe the smartest offensive lineman we all know. You're only as strong as the weakest link. When you have one link in the chain that's not as good, it does affect all the others. So I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm cutting Swift a little more slack than you are because I th certainly believe that Jalen's inability to run, other teams smart enough to figure that out, that's making it more difficult for Swift. But I'm I'm putting some of it on the offensive line. I'm not giving him a free pick. Well, I, I, I would say this, and Cam, you know, and I, I even said before, you know, the game against Dallas and Tyler didn't play that well, um, that he would have a chance to seize that job. I mean, remember, Cam – is the best that they have at right guard, but he's the worst of the Eagles offensive linemen. That's a good position to be in, but they're not losing Jason Kelsey. They're not losing Landon Dickerson. They're not losing Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson. Those guys are stars. So, yeah, I mean, and, and plus we've seen Jalen Hurts for over two years doing this, and I know the impact he has on the running game. I, I've talked to the coaches about it. It's just massive. It's massive. And and that to me, and we'll get another opinion soon with our buddy Paul Domowicz, that to me is the problem with the Eagles running game. They're not a good traditional running team. 
they're a good running team when Jalen Hurts is clicking on all cylinders. Right. They run a lot of RPOs, and when one of those options comes out of the mix and defenses are smart enough to realize it and don't have to put the uh, emphasis on it, it just makes it much harder for Swift taking the carries that he is. Uh, but I, I'm i rooting for him. Hey, quickie quit. Well, you know what? I'll wait for Dama. Uh, he is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Joining us next is our buddy. You can read his stat pack up on uh, jacobsports.com. Also uh, does tremendous work for the 33rdteam.com. Paul Domwich joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Bird Street 65 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. From JacobMediaSports.com and also from the 33rd team, it's our buddy Paul Domwich, who looks real excited to be on with us today. 
right, I guess. How could you not be excited? Got a half a smile out of my. I guess I'll. It's early. Yeah, there he is. It's early. That one's all jacked up. That's what we love to see. It's tough right. to get people jacked up this early. Let me see if I can take them off right off the bat. Um, Paul Domwich. Yes. The Eagles in 1949, uh, Steve Van Buren won the rushing. Oh, we're going back to 49. 1949, like Steve Van Buren won the rushing title. How many other Philadelphia Eagles have won it since? And I'll do the math for you. That's 73 years. How many times in the last 73 years has a Philadelphia Eagle won the rushing title? I'm going to take a wild guess and say zero. Oh, they snuck one in there. Snuck one. Wilbert? Not Wilbert. Uh, uh, did did Shady win one? Uh, uh, Murray? A decade ago, Shady McCoy led the National Football uh, League in Russia. Yeah. One I in 73 years. Ball. They've won it once in 73 years. How about DeAndre Swift taking down the rushing title this year? Yeah, that's not going to happen. You're not buying. <laughs> that's uh, damn it. Damn I think they're going to. I think they're going to li- limit his carries uh, uh, between now and the playoffs as much as possible. They're not going to give him any twenty carry games. Well, you, Jody, and I were talking before you came on about the Eagles' running game, the traditional running game. Right. And you on on your stat package, your bye week stat package this week at Jacob Sports brought up the RPO game, which hasn't been nearly as effective. And we kind of saw that early in the season, Damo, when we're all once wondering what's going on with Jalen Hurts. He wasn't as effective running the football. Um, but I think you see the impact of his, his presence on the running game when the threat is there, the threat hasn't been there since he banged up his knee against the Rams. Uh, teams have seemed to have figured that out. The Eagles have had trouble running the football. Do you see it that way or do you see it differently? A little bit. I mean, I, clearly, you know, his, his rushing his, his rushing yards number are, are down. Ironically, uh, he's ahead of last year's pace on, on rushing first downs. A lot of the reason being the tush, the success of the yeah, tush yeah. push, but yep. he's got more rushing first downs than anybody in the league, any running back, any quarterback, anybody. Uh, so, you know, I think that's part of it. I think another part is just, I think the change in offensive coordinators has changed their philosophy a little bit. They don't seem to be as committed to the run. They were in some games early on, but, you know, we saw in the Jets game, they looked, they saw, a, you know, a secondary that was, you know, most of their guys were hurt. Sauce Gardner was out, blah, blah, blah. They just decided we're not even going to bother running. We're going to throw and they end up, it ends up biting them in the teeth. I was, you know, I was talking to our friend Brian Baldinger, who, you know, watches more film than any man alive. <laughs> and uh, he, he said, you know, he hadn't even bothered this year to do any breakdowns on Jordan Malata because they're not really taking advantage of that left side of the line this year. I mean, you know, I mean, Malata and Dickerson last year were, I mean, you know, they're just so massive. I mean, they're yeah. running behind them, uh, you know, running a lot of zone plays in that direction this year. There's not as much of that. And, he, you know, I, I, yeah, he doesn't know why other than the fact that they just would rather throw right now. 
I was going to say, why wouldn't you? Where is is that an indictment of Brian Johnson that he's not uh, directing the runs that way, calling the plays that way? Uh, we all, uh, three of us, as you were saying it, John and I are nodding our heads how good they were on the left side. Why would they get away from that? Well, I mean, I think part of it is, I mean, when you look at their overall numbers, Jody, I mean, they're, they're what, third in the league in scoring? Uh, I mean, their numbers haven't changed. They just... It's crazy how similar they are. It's crazy yeah, they're, almost. They're one tenth of a point. They're averaging one tenth of a point less this year uh, in scoring than they did last year. So, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, and and Brian right now would rather throw the ball. I mean, they they ran the ball thirty three times the other day, but uh, yeah, you know, clearly they're not, not effectively in the fourth quarter either. I mean, yeah, exactly. For- so. You know, I mean, right now they're having so much success passing. I just don't think they feel they need to to make a heavy commitment to the run. All right. The, the MVP race is starting to um, crystallize a little bit. And Jalen Hurts is in the conversation again. Um, I, I think it's always in a little bit more of an unconventional fashion when you talk about Jalen compared to some of the other uh, candidates. Yeah most notably Patrick Mahomes. Um, but, I, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive, the evolution of this player. We, we, we saw the big jump last year, but we're still seeing jumps this year. And since he injured his knee, Damo, he's been just tremendous from the pocket. Uh, uh, who, who deserves credit for this? Is it, is it Nick Sirianni? Is it Adam Daydu? Is it, is it Jalen Hurts? Is it a combination? We don't see this that often when you see this yeah. kind of evolution as a pocket passer. I think it's probably all of the above, uh, but m- obviously mostly Jalen. I mean, this guy, um, you tell him he's not very good at something. It, you know, it, he's, he, he just makes a commitment to change. I mean, everything that people have said he couldn't do coming into this league, couldn't throw the deep ball, wasn't very accurate. Uh, I mean, you name it, he's improved in that area. You know, this year, as I mentioned in, in my column, his you know his third down and red zone improvement has been dramatic. Uh, you know, two areas that even last year when he was the Super Bowl uh, MVP runner-up, you know, he wasn't all that good in those, in those two areas. So, I mean, he just – yeah. He, he goes on a mission when, when, when he feels there's, there's something he needs to improve at or when he's slighted by people who say he's not very good at something. He has been stone cold phenomenal and lived up to the contract. Uh, I don't know if we've asked you this uh, over the last couple of weeks and my apologies for not remembering Jalen hurts other than tush pushing is running the football less than he did last year. Certainly the last few weeks, it probably had something to do with the bone bruise on his knee. But even before that, the first couple of weeks of the season, he wasn't running with the same reckless abandon that he did last year. And a couple of times when he decided to slide, I go, that's not Jalen from last year. Jalen tried to beat a tackle on that last year. Do you think that was, and again, it's one of those, uh, the answer is probably combination of all, but do you think it was more the Eagles directing Jalen to say, take less chances when you run, or do you think Jalen came to that conclusion himself? Again, like you said, Jody, probably a combination. I mean, he doesn't need to be reminded 
uh, you know, he, all he has to do is watch Josh Allen or somebody like that and wonder, you know, why they would play that way <laughs> and put their, you know, put their team's uh, future at risk by by risking their own injury. You know, he knows they need him healthy at the end of the season. He's gone through two straight years here where he's been hurt at the end of the season. He's, he's played, but I mean, he had to take time off to get as healthy as he could be and, and, and wasn't uh, nearly near any anywhere near a hundred percent in the playoffs either of the last two years. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, you, you get the, the longer the, you're in this league, the smarter you get at all things. And, you know, he, he's always been a fairly smart runner as far as knowing when to get out of bounds, knowing when to slide. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's, he's just gotten better at it. Uh, but you know, the injuries, uh, I mean, they're going to need him to run more than this, Jody, when, when they get uh, into the playoffs. I don't think we'll see him run a whole lot in these five games against these, you know, that they this five-game stretch they got coming up because I don't think the knee's going to be still anywhere close to 100%. But, um, you know, it's just a skill that you don't want to take away from him uh, if right. he's healthy. But yeah. he's become such a good pocket passer, you, you can – you know, you can say, okay, well, you know, you're, you're hurt. You can't run real well right now. Doesn't matter. Just move around the pocket, extend a few plays, and you're still going to complete, complete 75% of your throws. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Um, now that's the good. Now, unfortunately, I got to talk about the bad with you, Damo, and that's the uh, pass defense problems as you kind of laid out. Now, the most concerning number for me continues to be the 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 15 yard plays they give up or the explosive yeah. plays they give up because that's what this defense is designed to prevent. I mean that's what they're yeah. trying to do. Prevent explosive plays. And six league high NFL high 32nd 65 pass plays of 15 yards or more. And last year they were phenomenal at limiting those plays. And I think the number was 76, correct me if I'm wrong, for the entire season. Yeah. Um, is it just personnel, all the issues, all the churn, or is Sean Desai getting a pass here? Well, I mean, I think it's personnel, but the personnel has forced Sean Desai to play a lot softer than he really would like. I mean, off coverage on the outside, dropping the linebackers back. I mean, against the Cowboys, I couldn't even see the safeties in, you know, in the screen. I mean, they were out by I-95 somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just decided this is the way we have to play. You know, let him get down into the red zone and and, and hope we get better at that and uh, and keep him out of the end zone, force him to field goals and, and hope our you know, I mean, you're seeing the offense, they've gotten dramatically better in the red zone. So they're scoring more touchdowns and fewer field goals. I mean, that's going to be the key to, to victory for them going forward, uh, outscoring teams. Because I, you know, I mean, I guess when Bradley Roby eventually gets back, they'll be better at slot corner. Um, as much as I like Sidney Brown, he, you know, he, there's not going to be a dramatic improvement there this year from him. Uh, or, or Eli Ricks. I don't know. You know, I don't even know if Eli Ricks long term can play in the slot in this league. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think it's. I mean, I think Desai is is being forced to play the way he is, uh, and teams are. You know, I mean, their pass rush has been good, but teams are getting the ball out quickly because yeah. you know when you when you when you've got a force when you've got that middle of the field 
where you can throw these quick passes. Um, you know, it's kind of like die slow or, or die fast, and he doesn't want to die fast, so he's making teams try to work it down the field. Yeah, but they're doing a pretty good job if they're last in the league at 15-yard-plus uh, completions. If you've got are. the right read on this, Diamond, I think you do. Um, the side can get, just kind of shrug when you throw that number at him and go, and when did we lose? Oh, once, that's right. Yeah. Um, so is it going to take a team coming from behind and at the end of 60 minutes having more points from the Eagles for Desai to go, yeah, I guess we need to try and put a little bit more pressure on their wide receivers and not give so much cushion and not give up the middle of the field. Because if you want to question him, you can always say, and what is our record? Is it going to take a loss somewhere along the line here for the Eagles to maybe adjust a little bit and try and get a little bit more aggressive in the secondary? Yeah, I mean, the one the one um, criticism I have of Sean, and he's not a big blitzer. I mean, he's from the Fangio camp. They, they just more they, so they than getting. Yeah. But like last week, you know, teams are getting the ball out. So no matter how good those front four are, it presents a dilemma for you. You know, last week they hadn't been very good on blitzing this, this season. Uh, when they've blitzed teams have the, their passer ratings been really good, even better than when they rushed four. But last week against Prescott, uh, they, didn't, they, they blitzed early. And they had a lot of success. He was one for seven, I think. Uh, they sacked him once. And then they stopped. Uh, they blitzed like three times the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, as we saw at the end, I mean, you're hanging on for dear life with this team. I mean, if not for the, uh, you know, if not for the uh, the the left knee and the right foot, uh, you know, they lose this game by five points instead of winning or, or win, lose it by four instead of winning by uh, five. Or if Dak Prescott has any situational awareness, but I digress. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, That's right. I, I will say um, when it comes to, and Jody's right, by the way, obviously. Uh, and my partner uh, uh, gets uh, more worked up about power rankings than I do, but there's a number out there that uh, say the Eagles are, you know, six or seven uh, and they have the best record in the NFL. Um, kind of a weird, but you know, who cares ultimately, yeah. but are they on to something? Because they are winning games, but if you keep giving up explosive pass plays, if you keep being 25th and third down defense, 25th, whatever they are in red zone defense, ultimately that needs going to be in the end zone. Ultimately, you know, we talk about with quarterbacks that Brock Purdy went through this incredible stretch, winning games, winning games, winning games, winning games. And then the advanced analytics people will tell you, yeah, but these turnover worthy throws and all of a sudden people start picking them off and it goes in the other direction. Uh, are we going to see that regression to the mean with the Eagles defense and the knee goes in the end zone. All of a sudden, wind turns to loss, and bang, we're saying, what the hell's going on with this secondary? Yeah. You know, I mean, rankings-wise, like right now, I mean, every team's imperfect. I mean, yeah. who do you look at and say, you know, they got oh, a trip no, to the everybody. I mean, I mean, Kansas City, if not for Steve Spagnuolo's defense, I mean, they'd be probably 500 right now. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has nobody to throw to but Travis Kelsey. 
their offense is is doing nothing. Even Miami, I mean, held scoreless by the defense that we've just been trashing in the second half when they played each right. other a couple yeah. weeks back. And by the way, they only gave up six points to Dallas, as Nick will yeah. constantly bring up. They only gave up six points. Yeah, yeah and in Dallas, the second half. Down, yeah. You know, San Francisco can't win now. Uh, you know, Buffalo. Yeah. Now, Baltimore, I think, has looked like the best team. But they do. Lost. The only thing is with Baltimore is you look at their history. I mean, you know, when they get to yeah. the playoffs, they're probably going to lose, or at least that's the popular thinking. I mean, I, I love what Todd Munkin is doing there, and I think it's going to be different this year. Uh, I mean, but if, if I had to pick a team in the AFC, it's going to Super Bowl right now. It might be Jacksonville. I mean, we might, we might be seeing yeah, Doug Peterson. Doug, back I'd like that. Doug Doug Peterson against Nick Sirianni. Super. That would be yeah. fun. That would be but fun. Get, getting back to the Eagles, uh, you're right. I mean, things that are going wrong now could go right. Uh, but I mean, they need that offense to. Ju- I mean, they're 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 in a situation now where, you know, you you wait for the next shoe to drop. Another, and they lost Goddard this week, last week. He's out four to six weeks. That's going to hurt them. That's going to affect that offense. Uh, but the killer would be if they lost AJ uh, Brown or or Devonte Smith. Uh, you know, you take one of them away, and I think it just oh, completely yeah. affects uh, the offense. So. You know, that's not you can, anything new in this league. It's always about injuries. Right. But you can make the same. And I'll use Kansas City as an example because they play Kansas City this week. If they lose Travis Kelsey, they're screwed too. Uh, you yeah. take the top receiver from any one team and you say, oh, if you lose them, oh, my God, what a drop off. Yeah, but that'd be the same for everybody. So you can't legislate injuries. It's kind of luck of the draw there. Um, but since I went to Kelsey, I got to go to tight end. Dallas Goddard going to be gone at least four weeks, maybe more than that. Don't know. Um, how are they going to replace him? Jack Stoll is a good blocker. He's not really a receiver. Albert O has played less than 20, 10 snaps since they uh, got him at the beginning of the season. They just haven't had the need and or the desire to put him in there and get him, get him some time and let him see what he can or can't do. People have been speculating, oh, play Julio Jones at tight end. And I know they mean just not play two tight play four wide receiver sets, but Julio Jones is a wide receiver, he's not a tight end. Even though he's tall, he's not a tight end. You're gonna be asking him the the chip guys on the way in before he gets out into his pattern. I can guarantee you, Julio hadn't done a whole hell of a lot of that in his career. No, Julio, we need you to chip before you get out into the pattern. He's not hasn't freaking happened. No. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I've heard that from some fans. So I have to say that Julio Jones is not playing tight end. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Uh, understood. Uh, who is going to replace Dallas Scott at tight end? Or are they just going to scrap the tight end position and go, yeah, we'll go with five wide receiver sets. Cause Oh, let me not forget. Quez is on the return. <laughs> I think we're going to see more, more throws to Brown and Smith. And I think we're going to see uh, more, you know, we're, we're going to see uh, Gainwell and Swift, Catch about a come, you know, a total of 10, 12 balls a, a game. Really? By so the way, let me, hold on, let me go there because somebody asked me about that the other day. And we all love Jalen Hurts and what he's doing and the season he's having and living up to his contract. And right now, number two in the betting markets to Patrick Mahomes in the MVP. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Oh, yeah, that's exactly the way they finished last year. Um, is that a strength of Jalen Hurts? The quote-unquote screen game, 
Because we've been watching screen games here. You, me, John, been in Philadelphia a long time. We've seen some quarterbacks who could really do it, use it as a weapon. Andy Reid would consider a screen pass a running play, and we'd all argue about that. I'm not sure that's the strength of Jalen Hurts, throwing to backs out of the backfield. If they're going to increase that without Dallas Goddard in the lineup, are they going to be successful at it? I mean, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot. I mean, I, the screen game hasn't been very effective for them this year. A couple times when they've used Goddard, but you know, who's probably their best screen weapon, and he's obviously hurt. Uh, no, I don't necessarily. You know, I think we're going to see them. I mean, they're going to, you know, they line. They typically line up Swift and Gainwell on the outside uh, in empty yeah. sets. Empty. Uh, yeah. I think that's how we'll see them used. You know, in, in the middle of the field. I You're going to see bubble uh, screens. Yeah, bubble screens. I don't think we're talking necessarily about like these, you know, two cent flares that uh, uh, a lot of teams use. I mean, that's not how they use those two guys much. But the screens, middle of the field is a check down. Uh, I think Jalen's gotten more comfortable with doing that. I don't think, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past. It wasn't something he seemed to like to do in the past. It wasn't. That's what I'm uh, getting at. Yeah, but I think he's realized the importance of it because it opens up other things if you do that enough. Uh, plus, these guys have yards after the catch capability. I mean, Gainwell's gotten several key first downs when he's on, 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 on pass completions. You know, DeAndre Swift can run without the ball. And, and we haven't even seen – I think they threw to Swift deep on a deep ball once last week. But we haven't seen a lot of that. And maybe we will going forward. I don't know. Uh, you know, wheel routes, things like the that. Wheel routes. Yeah, they should get the wheel route involved. Yeah. Um, I happened to look at it yesterday because I was writing about it, Damo. Um, the Eagles won 5-0 and without Dallas Goddard last season. I think everybody uh, remembers that part of it and say, oh, what's the big deal? They'll do it again. Now, they played at Indianapolis, and by the way, they were horrible in that game for the vast majority. Jalen Hurts kind of put them on their back in the fourth quarter. Uh, then they got going. They played Green Bay. They scored 40. Tennessee scored 35. Tennessee was crippled in that game. At the Giants, they dominated the Giants, destroyed them, beat Chicago, which was the game Jalen Hurts got injured in. So those were the games they won without Dallas Goddard. Um, this year, it's much tougher, number one, the, the schedule. We all know the uh, the upcoming schedule. But they went about it in in a different way. Jack Stoll played a ton, uh, 69, I think it was 69% of the snaps was his low mark during that five streak. Um, Calcaterra played a little bit more. But obviously, Stoll caught seven passes, seven targets, seven passes. Calcaterra caught four. So they weren't throwing the ball to the tight ends. They were throwing it to more to Devontae ticked up a little bit. And Jody's favorite player, Quez Watkins, was the main recipient. He went from like under two targets a game to over five targets a game. That's Julio right now. That's number three. So to me... It's going to be more Julio Jones or more Alameda Zacchaeus or to Jody's best if Quez Watkins comes back. Whoever that third receiver is, that's the guy. That's the guy who's got to get more involved. If they're going to copy last year's successful templates. The the, the place that they might miss Goddard, and, and it's not that he had – 
that many catches down there. But, you know, we, we talked about Jalen's improvement and the Eagles' improvement in the red zone over the last four games. I mean, they've climbed up, I think, to 13th in red zone offense, which is, you know, yeah. a lot better than where they were like five, six weeks ago. Um, Goddard only, I think, has, you know, I mean, I think he's got one red zone touchdown catch, which isn't a lot, but he's a presence down there that they've got to make up for. Uh, so maybe it's Calcaterra. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe Alberto. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe AJ picks up the the slack. Uh, I mean, he's been, he's been the main red zone weapon right now uh, for, for Jalen, but I mean, that's where they can't afford to let up because that's, you know, that's where their season rests in the red zone. You know, they need seven. We don't need to see Jake Elliott a lot this the rest of the season. If we do, uh, unless this defense gets a lot better, it's it's going to be bad news. All right, Damo. We were told by Darius Slay that he decided at the end of the game, I'm going to cover C.D. Lamb. He just made that decision on his own, apparently, because there was a little bit of a surprise to the coaching staff. <laughs> um, and that wasn't until late in the game. When is he going to decide he better cover Travis Kelsey this week? Because somebody's <laughs> got to be able to cover that Chiefs tight end and the guys in the slot slash linebacker position slash safety position haven't done a real great job at coverage of a guy in the middle of the field of late. How are they going to deal with Kelsey? Good question. Uh, I'm eager to find out because you're right. They haven't. I mean, Jake, if, if you can't cover Jake Ferguson and Luke right. Schoonmaker, uh, how are you going to cover Travis? Tackle Kelsey? Luke a, a yard short, though. It's all over. Right down, how do you land? I, I think what you do is you hope that he misses his flight from our, back from Argentina. <laughs> uh, that's a good. That's not uh, bad. I mean, that's they, not a bad. They need to find. They need to. I mean, that's that's a problem. They've already given up five touchdown passes, two in the last two weeks to tight ends. Uh, they gave up three all last season. Um, you know that I mean teams see this. I mean they're watching the film and they're you know I mean they're yeah you know, Travis Kelsey's probably telling his brother, boy, am I going to have a great day against you guys? So they got to yeah. find somebody that's going to cover him. I don't think it's Slay. Uh, I don't think he's big enough or strong enough to to, to handle Travis uh, Kelsey. But I don't. You know you got to do you got to be creative. I mean we're going to see this. This is one it's of the a challenges. Village. Get go yeah, the Hillary exactly. Clinton defense. Uh, bracket on everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're not going to confuse Patrick Mahomes, but you might be able to slow him down. You know, that rush, if you can just get him to hold on to the ball, um, you know, so we'll see. I, I They've got to do something. Right. They can't let Travis Kelsey run wild. Uh, in that vein, at P. Damo, make sure you follow Paul on X. Uh, read him. Jacob Sports, his stat package is up. 33rd team does a tremendous job there. Um, Nick Morrow, starting Mike linebacker. I think he's played better than N'Kobe Dean. I think short term, the Eagles defense gets a little bit better. What? What? what why is everybody expecting the shoe to drop with Nicholas Morrow? I mean, if it does, all right, yeah. but he deserves to be on the field. I'm yeah. I'm worried about the Goddard injury. I'm not that worried about the Dean injury, other than depth wise. You don't want to go down if somebody else gets hurt. But as Jody pointed out, you can't legislate injuries. the The best linebacker tandem they have right now is Nick Morrow and Zach Cunningham. Agree or disagree? 
Yeah, I agree. I haven't been real impressed by Dean lately. I think part of it's the way they're using him. I mean, they've moved their linebackers back so far that it takes away what he does best. You know, they blitzed him once last week and, and he was effective with it. But, you know, that's one of the things he does really well. But he's on he's on a defense now that doesn't blitz. Uh, you know, can't play much downhill because that's not what they're trying to do right now. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, Morrow is is – I don't think they meant there, there's no slippage there. And uh, the fact that Dean hurt his other foot, that's a scary thing. I, I didn't even know that till till this morning when I read it. I thought for sure it was the same foot that he hurt early in the year. No, the right foot early in the year, left foot this time. Guy just got bad feet, and that's a bad thing for a linebacker in the National Football League. All right, yeah. uh, Damo, with the Chiefs coming up next week, we know what the gauntlet is that the Eagles have to go through before they get to the three layups at the end of the year. What do they got to do here in the next five? The, the goal is to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, end up with the best record in the NFC. That's the overarching goal. You got to know what, or believe you know what the other teams are going to do. Lions are the one that are closest as of right now. For the Eagles to retain the position they have as the road to the Super Bowl runs through, what do I have to do in the next five games? Three and two would be nice. Uh, I'm not even sure that's going to be good enough, though. I mean, Detroit. I mean, don't don't fall asleep on them. They, they've yeah. got a they've got yeah. a, they've got a soft schedule the rest of the way. Uh, they're six and two, I think. Uh, six and yeah. two, or seven. And two, Very six soft two. schedule. Yeah, I mean, they could be. end up being uh, they could end up uh, running the table and being fifteen and two. But still, I mean, the best. If, if if you ask me a good scenario for this team right now in the next five weeks, I would say winning three out of five would be great. Yeah, I think that would be fine. And I, by the way, Eagles fans, keep an eye because this is a game this week that Detroit could lose. They're at the LA Chargers, um, and the Chargers are up and down. We all know they're they're heckle and jackal, but when they play well, they're capable of beating them. If they beat the Chargers. Yeah, then you got to wait. I think they play Dallas down the road. Um, yeah. They don't have a lot of losable games. You got to hope Josh Dobbs is the real thing and he can get one of two, maybe. Um, yeah, they have they have a very easy schedule. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, the Detroit Lions. That's why I think you need to get four and one. I know three and two is we're we're greedy here. What can we say when you go to Super Bowl the year before you're greedy coming back next year? If they go four and one, they're in very good shape. Three and two, they could be on the wrong end of a tiebreaker no, at the end. I, of will, the year. I will say one thing real quick, guys. I mean, these five games don't look as ominous as they did two months. No, they ago. don't. Buffalo doesn't look as good. The Chiefs, yeah, as you yeah. mentioned, have had some struggles offensively. Um, San Francisco. Um, San Francisco's struggling. Dallas, they've proven they could beat Dallas. Um, yeah, Seattle's a good team, but, you know, that's a yeah. really difficult place to play, though, Seattle. Um, especially uh, Dallas, tough, And Kansas City's tough, too. I know they lost the home opener to the Lions, but that's still a tough place. No, that's a tough place to play, yeah. Arrowhead's very loud for an outdoor stadium. So they got their work cut out for them. Domowitz, you got your work cut out for you this week. You got to be in front of that TV watching as many games as possible on Sunday. You up for the challenge? I certainly hope so. I'm surprised that Carolina-Chicago game didn't turn you finally turn you off football. 
uh, for all these years. I watched two hey, minutes. Hey, 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 hey. And quickly, quickly went to uh, to Netflix. <laughs> you guys didn't suffer through Jets Giants like I did. Oh, last yeah. night's last night's game was a walk in the park compared to watching the Jets and the Giants. <laughs> There's been some bad football played in there, at least on the offensive side. Some bad football played. Some quarterbacks, some guys in the league that are playing right now that should not be playing quarterback in the yeah. National no. Football League. Yeah. And unfortunately, one of them might be the number one overall pick, unfortunately, for Carolina, which is not a I good I believe start. I heard uh, uh, that they, there's been 10 rookies that have started a quarterback yes. already. Yes. That's an NFL record. Yeah. Yeah. Good Good luck with it. And I think they had one because DeVito hasn't started yet, and he's got to yeah. start this week. He's he's only coming in relief. And, and <laughs> oh, man, it's tough to watch when he does come in in relief. He gets to actually start this week. So add another one this week. It's uh, that's Injuries are a big part of the game. There's nothing anybody can do to control it, even though the Eagles think they can by practicing less hard than other teams around the league. But uh, I get myself in trouble. We'll drop that right here, right now. Uh, Paul Dunwich, it is always a pleasure when you give us your uh, insights to the Birds 365 show. Thank you very much for doing it. We'll punch up next week. Have a great week, Andamo. You too, guys. Take care. Thanks, Make Dom. sure you read his stat pack on jacobsports.com. Uh, Damo always gives a different type of look at where the Eagles are at. And he shared it with us today, and you get the rest of it on his stat pack on jacobsports.com. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We still hey, got before, an hour uh, before we had the break, I, I do want to bring up Jody, uh, oh, our, our yes. buddy, uh, D Gunn. For those who are uh, fans of Jacob Sports and 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 watch the channel all day, and you should uh, Sports Take. Uh, you probably noticed that D Gun is off. Unfortunately, his wife uh, suffered uh, a stroke, so um, there's some concerns moving forward with uh, care and things of that nature. So, those of you who know D Gun, tremendous reporter, better person. Um, and he's going through some difficult times right now. So uh, some of his friends, and I saw Amy Fadul from NBC Sports Philadelphia uh, uh, tweeted it out. His, uh, there's a GoFundMe for, for Derek and his wife uh, set up. Um, so you can just go to GoFundMe.com, search Derek Gunn. You'll get all the information. And I know, you know, a lot of people can't give, uh, but if you're in a position where you can give, uh, it would be a tremendous thing to do. And, and again, for those of you who have met Derek, um, does a great job when it comes to football reporting, but uh, everybody loves D gun because he's a, he's a better person than he is a reporter and he's a pretty good reporter. Three things I love to talk about with D gun football, barbecuing family. Because yeah. you see his eyes light up. We we have mine every once in a while as a guest here, but you watch uh, the show every single day and see D Gun and know that the things that excite him in life are football, barbecuing, family. And he talks about his uh, grandkids and his uh, children all the time. Uh, so when, when you take a hit at home with the family, it just rocks your entire world. So as John said, uh, check out GoFundMe.com uh, and find out uh, the information about how you could lend a helping hand to a good buddy of ours and yours if you're a fan here at the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Derek Gunn. All right, Johnny Mac, Jordy Mac coming back. Still got an hour to play here on Birds 365. 
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed the most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Birds 365 Football Friday, bi-week Friday. Yeah, no Eagles game on Sunday. I already checked the sched. Certain games I do want to watch. Uh, you mentioned the 49ers and the Jaguars. That's a good game. That could be the last two teams the Eagles play this year. 49ers in the AF NFC Championship yeah. game and the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. A little preview there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see Tommy DeVito play quarterback for the Giants this week. Uh, I'm not, uh, that's, you know, the Cowboys are getting back on the winning track. That's yeah. how, I mean, that's as easy as it gets. The commanders have a tough game at Seattle. Um, and I mentioned the Lions and chargers might be one of the biggest games for the Eagles. Cause I think that's a game where you got to root for, for the chargers. Um, because you want some uh, cushion when it comes to that number one seed. Um, So there's some interesting games uh, on the docket, so to speak. And the other one I'm going to be watching um, is Saints-Vikings. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get a guest uh, for my CBS show on Sunday after that game. Um, I I thought the Saints, I picked the Saints to win that division before the year started. 
that division stinks on ice. It did last year. It does again this year. I don't think the Saints are great. I think they're the best of a very bad lot. Um, but can Josh Dobbs do it two weeks in a row? No, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't bet on Josh Dobbs if I'm a betting man. Um, there were some interesting things, as I mentioned, going on in that game, and yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I give him all the credit in the world. It was a great story, but uh, yeah, I think people are going to force him. I think Atlanta did a really bad job recognizing, uh, failing to recognize. Remember, both works both ways he comes in last minute you don't expect him to play the the rookie was supposed to play and he started the game and he got a concussion um in the first quarter he was actually playing okay they yeah, wasn't bad hold him um and he got a concussion here comes josh dobbs and i think they were taken aback by his uh movement skills they weren't prepared for it now i think you see uh new orleans very good defense they're better defensively, I think, than offensively. Demario uh, Davis, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. I think they'll be very cognizant that if they control the running aspect, um, he's got to sit back in the pocket and throw the football. He doesn't know the offense. And it was interesting. I, I, I saw some stories you were talking about. You had brought up, I forget what we were talking about. You brought up the the clock in, in, in the quarterback's helmet. It, it cuts off at 15 seconds. Right. So what the Vikings... About, about Romo. Uh, yeah, Romo. the plays yeah. at a time. Um, so what Kevin O'Connell was doing, he was getting the Vikings up to the line of scrimmage immediately, reading the defense for the quarterback and up to that 15-second limit, telling him what coverage they were in uh, and doing things that way. So maybe the Vikings will try to continue that. I don't know, but uh Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think Josh Dobbs is going to be Kurt Warner. Uh, and, and nor, nor do I. But I will say this about Dobbs. Um, Lamar, when he's right, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Yeah, they're a problem. He yeah. might be the fourth best running quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he's, he can he's just a great he can runner. pull it down and take off. Yeah, he really that, is. That's a legit wrinkle that, and they get a a, a week, oh, three old practices, whatever it is, to 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 work on it and incorporate it into their offense. Because you know, Kirk Cousins wasn't taking off making no, any plays no. with his legs. He is your prototypic pocket quarterback. He's a different QB, and they might be able to benefit from that, Minnesota. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they did against Atlanta. I mean, he was phenomenal running the football. He had the touchdown. Uh, he had another big run on a third down. He had a fourth down convert. The game was over. If that's Kirk Cousins, the game was over because Bud Dupree had a great um, great pass rush on fourth and seventh, like two or three plays before they won the game. And he just escaped. Kirk Cousins ain't escaping that. And he made a great run down to about I think it was the 12-yard line. Um, and then they won the game a couple plays later. Yeah, I mean, it's a big – when you got mobile quarterbacks, it's it's a pain in the ass. I just talked about it with a plus one in the running game. Been talking about it all week with uh, the Eagles. Um, yeah, it's plus one means plus one. You can't account for it. All right, Johnny, I need you to uh, walk me through some – uh, roster rules in the National Football League. 
because uh, honestly, I was reading my buddy BLG, Brandon Lee Gatton on, uh, on Believe Me Green Nation today. And he was making a point, and I said, damn, I should have known that. Um, about if Nicobe Dean goes on the IR. Nicobe, of course, was previously on the IR this year, came back, played, now he's re-injured himself. Um, we've got uh, eight weeks left to go or eight games left to play for the Eagles. And Nicobe, depending on how bad the Liz Frank sprain is, could at some point come back. But it looks like it's almost a certainty that he's going to go on to the IR. But in the NFL's ever-changing rules, it used to be you were only allowed to come back from IR once. If you're on the IR, you come back. If you had to go back on the IR again the second time, you were done for the year. They couldn't bring you back. You're now allowed to bring a guy back a second time, which is saying something because you missed half a season, two minimal a four-game IR stints. Uh, half of the season has gone by. But there's a limit to the number of players you can bring back from IR over the course of the season that you can't just – now, uh, if you continue to do this and bring guys back from IR, you must be having some kind of spectacular season because yeah. jumping in and holding down the fort till your better guy gets back and says something about the overall team. But uh, what's the number? You only get Eight. 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 Um... Where are the Eagles at with that as of right now? Hmm, that's a good question. I have to think about that. Uh, but the, the limit is eight. Um, you can bring eight people off short-term IR, and then you're done. Um, so it is uh, strategy, everything strategy. So when you do have guys like Dallas Goddard, if it's a, if it's a four-week injury, the Eagles might want to carry him. Um, if he's going to be back for that uh, fourth game. Uh, remember, they had the bye week, and that helps as well, so they might want to carry him. Because um, if you do go on IR, that means you have to miss four games, not four weeks, four games. Like games, right. Yes. Um, so uh, strategy is always a part of it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, now, I do think, and I'm not positive about this, I do think – the third time you can't come back. Um, I believe they made that tweak. Okay. So in other words, I think, but I'm not positive about this. I have to look it up. I think if you go on, you can come off twice, but you can't come off a third. One individual player yes. can only come off twice. Yes. I believe that's the case, but I'll double check in the, in the break. It used to be, um, you could only come off once. once right. Um, and they changed that rule. Um, and you can come off at least twice, but that affects obviously the eight total. So you are limited by the eight total, um, which is a lot more liberal than it used to be. And it gives um, a lot more flexibility to <clears throat> GMs around the league and how he's done a tremendous, uh, tremendous job with that. But, it, you know, when you start talking about Cam Jurgens and Justin Evans and um, Quez Watkins. Quez, Quez um, is coming back. They say he is. Um, you have to start thinking about um, 
that eight number, yes, you do have to start thinking about it. Right, because uh, the, the numbers are starting to add up. And I give BLG credit because uh, he alerted to me on the post that he did. I had forgotten that there was a maximum number of IR activities you could do. That there was, uh, well, guys got for four weeks and you can bring them back. No, there's an eight total for the entire year. And the Eagles have put, we forget, and I absolutely am guilty of this. Justin Evans has gone completely out of my mind. You talk about out of sight, out of mind. This is a guy who was starting and, and playing certain games. I'm pretty sure he had at least one of those 100% of the snap games, Johnny Mac, that they don't even get him off the field. Oh, one. yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't do that with their safeties. They like their safeties to play the entire game. They rotate the defensive linemen because of the nature of the way the season has gone with linebacker, guys are in and out. Yeah, if they can, they get uh, Slay and uh, Bradbury as close to 100% as they can. But even they get a, a snap off every once in a while or uh, take a shot like this past week. Both Slay and Bradbury got hurt in the fourth quarter and had to come out for numbers of plays before they got back in there. Uh, Evans has been a guy who's played every snap of uh, certain games, and I still forgot that he's on IR. But maybe it's because they added Bayard or whatever, but th- th- how much do you think they're counting on him? When he does come off IR, and what was the latest you heard before they went on the bias to when they think Evans is going to be back? Um, well, yeah, they're, they're never going to put a timetable on people. Yeah, a lot of people forgot about Justin Evans. Right, because uh, you told me last week, and I'm not picking on you, but you did say it. You know, Jurgens looks fine, and then Jurgens wasn't ready to well, be he did, he did look fine. I think they wanted, I, I'll be blatantly honest here, I think they wanted to look at Tyler Steen. And they were hoping for the Dallas game. You really believe that? I really believe that. Otherwise, why aren't you playing Sua Peta? Sua played. Sua was healthy. They 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 kind of blamed it on the 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 hip injury, but he was ready to go. Um, yeah, the same thing happened with Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Now, hey, players aren't doctors. Dallas Goddard said he was completely fine. And I said last year, yeah, he should be back after the fourth game. Well, they kept him out another week. Um, Now, maybe the doctor didn't clear him. Cam has certainly looked fine. (laughs) I will say that. And he told you he was fine, but he he doesn't get to decide that. Exactly. But and to go back to Britton Covey as a in his rookie season in the preseason, he told uh, a couple of us that he broke his hand, and we're like, "Oh, well, that's it for Covey." Well, it turns out he thought he broke his hand, but he didn't break his hand. So, I mean, yeah, players aren't doctors, but uh, I really do that. Like I said, if if Tyler Steen played well against Dallas and he didn't play that well, um, I think you know they. I think Tyler Steen might be the right guard coming out of the bye. Now I think it's going back to Cam. Um, so I think I'm not saying that was a hundred percent the reason, but I think they wanted to look at Tyler Steen real quickly and sort of get a beat on where they're going. Johnny, long term, long term, that's where they want to be. Cam Jurgens at center, Tyler Steen at right guard. You're there every day. I'm not. So you certainly have a better grasp of it than I do. We either being able to judge it yourself and or whatever on the record, off the record sources you have. If that's the case, shame on the Philadelphia Eagles. 
that game was too important to be testing out a rookie to get starting costs, startup costs over and done with. Yeah, well, in I order disagree. to evaluate him. I, I disagree. They did that with Sydney as well, if you remember. Sydney told me that he was ready to go, and they kept him out another game. Here's another one. Um, and ultimately they put him out there. I I had argued, remember the week going up to the Jets game? I said, that's the perfect game to get Sidney Brown on the field. And they waited another week. And they, they put him on the field in a much tougher environment. Um, yeah, they've done that a couple times. Yeah, but with, wait, with, well, hold on. That's a little different. You're you're talking about Sydney getting back and playing. Uh, the other one we're talking about, Cam Jurgens waiting. Sydney's a rookie. Jurgens has got a year under his belt. Uh, I can see holding up on Sydney because you're you don't want to. Well, push I, the I'm rookie. just comparing. Why the wouldn't start. you want to push Cam Jurgens? No, I'm I'm not comparing the Jurgens. I'm comparing the startup aspects. They did the same thing to Sydney Brown. Um, that they're doing to to a rookie player in Tyler Steen. That that was my comp with that, not Cam. Uh, I don't now from the Eagles' perspective, um, they wanted his athleticism on the field against a very athletic Dallas front. So there's more to it as well. Um, he's he's a much better athlete than um, uh, Sua. Um, they could have just played Sua if they wanted to. You think he's a better athlete than Cam? Uh, probably not, but uh, just pure athleticism. But, you know, one of the issues with Cam is he's very undersized for guard. Um, and Tyler Steen's very, very big, and he's athletic. And, and, and they just they thought that was their best matchup against that particular defensive front, which is very good, and I get it on paper, but I just think it's really difficult to say, all right, you got to play six snaps against Washington. And I'm talking about Tyler and they were six very good snaps, but they were six snaps and then say, all right, we're going to throw them out there against that front. Um, Yeah. I don't think that was necessarily the fairest way to go about it. And that's where the comp to Sydney comes because Sydney was coming back. Yes. But I, but he was going to have to play a lot. You knew he was going to have to play a lot. By that point, I understood they wanted to work him in. Um, not, you know, they had the injury, the re blankenship injury. But before that, it was already clear they wanted to work him in in the slot to get him on the field, and they were moving in that direction. And I thought the Jets was a perfect opportunity, and they they waited a week to the best offense in football. Um, and it worked out. They win every game, every game. It, but it just didn't make sense they didn't from win a jet game. Yeah, I, it, it it just didn't make a sense from a logic standpoint to me. There's, you know, we we laud this coaching staff a lot. We should, but there are certain there are little things where you go, that doesn't make sense. I would argue, Sydney, and and maybe Jody, maybe Arstenoto, who I always talk about. Nobody else does, but I talk about him. Um, maybe it's as simple as he said, no, we can't play. And maybe it's just as simple as that. And, and, and maybe they said that with cam and no, he's not ready. He needs the extra, because remember, it's not only an extra week, it's an extra two weeks for cam Jurgens uh, because of the Bible. I think that is much more likely than the Eagles deciding 
Let's take a look at Tyler Steen this week. Well, they wanted to take a look at him because they still had Sue who started the previous four games and was ready to go. So take Cam out of the equation. They wanted to look at Tyler Steen, and I disagree with that on the Cowboys week. I disagree with that. Thank you for correcting me. Um, If Juergens was capable of playing, if the, the, the doctor said, hey, he can go if you need him to, Another week would not hurt him taking some time off. If they had the option of playing Cam Jurgens and they said, "Man, eh, we'll go with Tyler Steen. Let's really test him against the Cowboys. That, to me, would be coaching malpractice. So if the doctor says no go, the conversation's over. They, they, they give your boy Arts a lot of leeway, and they take what he says, and they absolutely run with it. I was just saying, if they had the option to play Cam Jurgens and they chose not to, I think that's a mistake. They got away with it. They won the game, but I would I would suggest that would be a mistake. Chances are, I think there's a much better chance that the doc said no than the Eagles said, no, let's try and trot Tyler Steen out there. We can get a real good test and a look at him against the Dallas Cowboys. Importance of that game was way too high for them to be doing anything like that. I'd eat John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. Coming up next, it's Andrew DiCecco from InsideTheBirds.com, both podcast and uh, their website. Does a great job covering the birds. Uh, He will join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. 
When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We are joined by Andrew DiCecco from InsideTheBirds.com and the Inside the Birds podcast. Who looks like he's ready for winter. He's got a turtleneck on. Are you ready for winter there, Andrew? I'm ready, man. It's dreary out here, Joe. Yeah, it's dreary. It's a little chilly out yeah. today. It's been a it's been a ping pong like week. Uh, hmm. Cold, hot, cold, hot. Um, craziness. Yeah. Craziness. I like that, Andrew. All right, uh, craziness of the Eagles bye week. We'll start there. Uh, scout, scout time. Andrew Jacheco, South Scout, the Eagles. What, what, what are you, what are you fixing first? If you're Nick Sirianni and company. Well, I, I got a few things, John. I would say red zone efficiency, which I think has gotten it's gotten a little bit more fluid. It, it's started out a little bit rough. Brian Johnson starting to find his way a little bit turnovers both defensively you would like to see them come up with more that's what made them such a uh, dynamo last year and and i also think that protecting the football jalen hurts i believe had 15 total turnovers last season nine yeah. interceptions six fumbles and uh, he has 12 right now and the running backs uh, kenny gamewell and deandre swift combined for five fumbles miles sanders had two last year so it's uncharacteristic, really, of an Ixuriani team. So those are certain things that when you don't have the depth, John, when health hasn't been on your side, you have to make sure that you clean up if you want to take down some of these Goliaths that you're going against in the coming weeks. All right. Uh, I don't know that we mentioned Kenny Gamewell once that maybe throwing the ball at the backside of the backfield. Um, I don't think we've had you on. I know we haven't had you on since uh, the coach confused me on how he feels about Kenny Gainwell because he came out had a bad fumble against the commanders. So someone asked him his press conference, why do you continue to use Kenny in high leverage positions? And the coach got his nose out of joint a little bit. Every time I pull somebody, when they make a mistake, I'd have to pull Jalen Hurts. I'd have to pull AJ Brown. So he's comparing Kenny Gainwell to AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. Really coach? Uh, but he did. He went there. So then last week, they give it to him in the red zone. He makes a nice run, hurdles over a guy into the end zone. Looks good. All right, we've annexed the jigs of Kenny down by the goal line. And then they give him two more carries the rest of the game. Does the coach love Kenny Gainwell or doesn't the coach love Kenny Gainwell? Should I be pointing the finger at Brian Johnson or is this a Nick Sirianni thing? Where is Kenny Gainwell in the mind of the coaches right now? I, I think they really like him, to be honest with you. I, I, I think that they're gonna they're still trying to find a good rhyme or reason. I mean, if you, you look no further than last season, Boston Scott it was kind of like a spin the wheel. He would randomly get carries inside the goal line, maybe two carries, and then you wouldn't see him the rest of the game. I, I don't know that there's some sort of a, a formula to how they deploy their running backs, but it is really curious. But I do know that and John can attest to this that Kenny Gainwell is their situational preference. They do trust him. And that one blip, yes, it was crucial. It could have been costly, but it's it didn't deter them from relying on him. And I, and it won't moving down the, down the stretch here. Uh, Andrew, we've been talking about this uh, all week, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Because, I, you know, at some point, I just got to give it up and say, 
the Eagles are just not that good when it comes to running the football traditionally. Traditionally, what we think of, and obviously they're not under center, but so in their case, they're a gun team for the most mm-hmm. part. So you have uh, the running back offset. You just kind of hand it off to them. They're not good at that. Um, can we say that definitively? Or or are there other issues? Cam Jurgens not being a right guard. I, I happen to think that Jalen Hurts' impact is the big yeah. problem on the running game. Um, are the running backs that good as a group? <laughs> so a little bit to break, a little bit to unpack here, John. So I, I would say Mike Gill, our friend Mike Gill, asked me this question yesterday on, on Football at Four. I think it's a multi-layered uh, reasoning for why the Eagles running game hasn't really been able to catch fire as of late. And Cam Jurgens is a big loss. Cam Jurgens was he, – he, I thought he really acquitted himself well at the right guard spot and took to that really well. But that's not to say that he's the sole reason why the running game hasn't been able to, to sort of get any sort of traction and consistency. I think the loss of Jalen Hurts being that plus one, the teams that defenses had to be honest for, not having him out there is it, completely detrimental to the running game. Teams were able to play them differently, and you're seeing that. Um, and I just think that the running back situation in general, they have the group right now, I think is better than what they had last year. I think DeAndre Swift at his core at his best is as a better player than Miles Sanders. So I don't, I don't, I don't know that. And that's not saying that they're, that they're great, but I think that they're good enough where they should be able to get some semblance of a running game. Maybe not the 175 yards that you saw week two, but certainly 80, 90 yard rushing games should be, shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. But we all acknowledge that the Eagles passing game is better than their running game. Eagles passing game Mm -hmm. can be put up against any other passing game in the national football league. We saw Flores do it in week number two and just say, Oh yeah, we're, I'm dropping everybody. Uh, You're not going to throw the ball for 350 yards against us. We're going to dare you to run the football so they did, and Swift went off, and the Eagles won the game. Nobody else has gone there since. Will someone go there before the season is over and say, we just need to do it better than Flores did? We need to conceal it better, hide it better, adjust better. Will someone dare the Eagles to run the football in a game between now and the end of the year, the way the Vikings did? I don't think so. I mean, depending on what the knee situation is moving forward, they they may say, hey, look, we, we want you to stand back there in the pocket and can see if you can continuously beat us with your arm, right? I, I think uh, that- and, and Jalen hadn't been able to do that the last couple of weeks. He's, he's picking the snot out of everybody. Yeah, Why? I, and that and that's what makes this team even more. I'm more impressed with how they've been able to win versus last year. They've been able to cruise to victories. This year, they have to find different ways to win. Jalen Hurts had to redefine how he's been able to play the position. Different key players have to step up in crucial moments to win these games. So I, I think that you're going to see teams continue to play the Eagles the way that you've seen it and say, can you continuously beat us with your arm? Versus, hey, okay, let's see if they can run the ball on us. Um, Eagles are eight and one, Andrew. Uh, Twenty-seven consecutive regular season weeks. They have been either the best record in football or tied for the best record in football. Yet there's a bunch of people, I'm told daily, nationally, that don't believe in this team. Um, and you know. When I start to think about it, I say, how could you be that? Other than being a hater, blah, blah, blah. Other than being a Cowboys fan, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
But I look at this past defense, and our buddy uh, Paul Domowicz broke down the numbers. Over the last three games, this is scary, Andrew, 27 of the 91 pass completions. So first of all, they're giving up 30 pass completions a game. That's scary enough. Against the defense have been for 15 yards or more. Hmm. The Eagles are dead last in giving up explosive plays, 15 yards or more, 65 this season. Um, They gave up 76 all of last season when the defense was terrible. Um, This scheme is designed to limit explosive plays, and they can't limit explosive plays. Is that simply going to be fixed when Bradley Roby shows up and Kevin Byard gets more comfortable, or do we have a serious issue here? Yeah, I mean, when you look at last season's secondary, John, they gave up an average of 179.8 passing yards per game. Now that's about 257, if I'm correct on that. I don't know that it's as simple as plugging in Bradley Roby and hoping that Kevin Byard finds his footing and acclimates to Sean Desai's scheme. James Bradbury's really struggled this year. Uncharacteristically, it's been a pretty steep drop-off. He was an all-pro last season, committing egregious penalties, just – some teams are finding ways to beat him deep. Speed is not his forte. He's been able to win largely being uh, an instinctual, smart player. Darius Slay, I thought, I think has been phenomenal. He's been uh, a lot more physical this year, coming up and making tackles on players. Reed Blankenship, I think, has exceeded expectations largely, aside from that Commanders game. Yeah, but one it, game. It, yeah. yeah, but I think it's a multi-layered, uh, a pr- multi-layered problem here when – it's not just the slot cornerback position. I think the the lack of continuity at safety has really impacted the team. The the pass rush hasn't gotten home with consistency. You're seeing it late in games when they really have to have it. But I, I think coverage and, and uh, coverage and pressure they work in hand in hand, and they Russian haven't really cover cover and rush are wise man like, like, JG, like, like JG said. So I mean that they definitely work in concert. So it's a, there's a lot of things at play here, and I don't know that getting Bradley Roby back and, and hoping that Kevin Byer rounds into form is going to be enough to fully patch that secondary. As we led up to the trade deadline, uh, Andrew, John and I agreed on something, but for varying reasons. We both agreed that uh, Derek Barnett would not be traded. John said it was because he thought the Eagles actually value the eight snaps a game he plays. I said it was because Nobody will even give him an upgrade around a pick for uh, a deal leading into the trade deadline. Well, he's still here. And last week he got a DNP coach's decision. Healthy scratch did not play. Is Derek Barnett going to do anything between now and the end of the year? Or is this, if the Eagles get in a roster crunch and they have some issues with the roster, is Derek Barnett a release candidate? Well, I heard you talk about that. His him being inactive on Monday, he seemed uh, <laughs> he seemed not surprised by that. Um, not well, me. <laughs> I, I think they like the, the they like the depth there on the defensive line. And Derek Barnett's never been a high sack uh, high sack player. He's someone that they can rely on. He started I think forty five games in this league. They don't really have much beyond Brandon Graham. They're trying to preserve Brandon Graham for the for the final stretch of games in the postseason. He's only played 28% of the snaps and they, and Nolan Smith has yet to really establish himself. So I think they want fresh legs as you advance into the, into the colder months here. 
and the games really start to really start to matter. So having a guy like Derek Barnett to occupy some snaps and, and, and alleviate some of the pressure from Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, who have really seen an uptick in snaps, I think is going to be beneficial. But I, w- I wouldn't suddenly expect him to be this player that gets, uh, you know, two, three sacks um, in critical moments late in the season. I don't think I don't I don't think he'll be a release candidate knowing knowing how valuable pass rushers are in this league and defensive ends with that kind of experience. Now, I think uh, Kansas City will tell you all you need to know. If he's a healthy scratch, yeah, the Eagles have kind of pulled the plug. Um, they're not going to cut him, but they've kind of pulled the plug. But I would, and and Andrew, uh, uh, savvy uh, football reporter he is, knows the Eagles were freaked out, as I mentioned, by the Cowboys special teams, and they were mm-hmm. concerned about special teams. And there's a reason they elevated Ben Man Sumeran out of nowhere. And also Patrick Johnson was a big part of their special teams until they couldn't find uh, a, a way to dress them because they had the roster crunch, the game day roster crunch. And all of a sudden he started being inactive. And I know you were surprised by that, Andrew. Um, they wanted special teams players for John Fossil and that special teams group. Um, if it continues in Kansas City, then I'll, I'll say, yeah, they've kind of. And and by the way, I think they should. I think that's one of the underreported stories. They can't. Nolan Smith needs to step up a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that's starting to concern me for a couple of reasons. One, anytime you talk to Nolan, he's got this thing on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He, he gave that famous quote, um, "It's my baby." Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We're yeah. all looking at him like, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah, that's uh, a little troubling. Yeah, that's that's a little bit <laughs> troubling, and he's just so undersized. I think people look at Hassan Reddick and say, "Well, he'll just be like Hassan Reddick." No. Hassan Reddick's an outlier. Typically, you're not very good at 235 pounds playing edge in this league. Are you starting to get concerned about Nolan Smith not being able to seize more snaps because they want that fourth rusher? Yeah, yeah, John, and that's funny you mentioned that. I, I just wrote a story of certain storylines that really caught my attention the first half of the season for the Eagles, and establishing a fourth edge rusher to me was something that they need to figure out as we move forward. Nolan Smith, I'm interested to see if he carves out a more prominent role, but it doesn't seem likely right now. I, they, they've, they've, they've deactivated Derek Barnett. They've not played Patrick Johnson. Patrick Johnson hasn't factored into the defensive equation, but they still – Nolan Smith was averaging four snaps a game. I think he played nine the other day. I don't know how – if they think that – if they're worried about him wearing down and not being maybe as effective as they would like him to be in December and January, or if it's, if, if there is some wear and tear there that they don't want to, uh, they don't want to make worse by putting them out there, or if he's simply just not somebody that they rely upon in, in these moments to rush, but he's somebody that you have to circle and say, they need to get more out of him as, as the season advances. Are they risking both Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick with as many snaps as they're taking? Cause I know this is old school, I try and get my best players on the field as often as possible. I know that's not the NFL in 2023 where your best players play. You only go to the bench when somebody gets hurt. There's rotational substitutions in the NFL, but this is even the Eagles flying in the face of what they've done themselves over the last couple of years. And I only look into Sirianni era. I won't even go back further than that. They like to move guys in and out on the defensive line. 
are they taking a chance by playing Sweat and Reddick as much as they are? Yeah, they, they absolutely are. And these guys, I think, uh, are two of the two of the Eagles' best defensive players through nine games. I don't think that's a, a, a stretch to say that. And you want to have you want them to have as fresh legs as possible late in the season. That's not really going to. No one has fresh legs late in the season, but. What they're able to do is really alter the course of a game at a moment's notice, and you saw that with Josh Sweat against Dallas. Uh, the, the depth isn't there this year, Jody, and and that then that really really lends itself to this problem and having them out there and log all these miles that they have, and you don't want to put Brandon Graham out there because he'd be the next guy out, and you want and he's thirty five years old, and you want him to be as fresh as he can be. Derek Barnett was a healthy scratch, and Nolan Smith is not is whatever for whatever reason not out there not not ready to play so that that's why you're seeing this and but yeah to answer your question they absolutely are uh running the risk uh, of tiring these guys out and wearing them down when you need them most yep you mentioned uh all of the some of the eagles great players on defense there andrew mainly on the defensive front but we've talked about slay and even though bradbury hasn't been himself i think we all know that's a pretty good player they have a lot of good players on defense um the on-field leader of their defense is now going to be nicholas morrow the green dots Hmm. now you know what i believe i think i know what you believe he should already been the green dot but there's this weird thing in the NFL. It's not a meritocracy. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. But long-term, they want N'Kobe Dean to be in that position, and they were going to give him every opportunity, and they kept winning games, so can't be too upset about it. But Nicholas Morrow has played better than N'Kobe Dean this season. Are you concerned one iota? that he is going to be the starting Mike linebacker for the foreseeable future. This is a topic that you and I have discussed many, many a Sundays, John. Um, The Eagles built all their plans about the second level. They built it around the Kobe Dean, but you and I always, you know, always shared the same sentence as to, to why, you know, I I get that you draft him in the third round, but what has he proven that you're putting all your eggs in that proverbial basket and Nicholas Morrow has been the better player definitively starting from week two. And yeah, Nicobe hasn't played a ton, but when he has been out there, you see a lot of growing pains. You don't see the dynamic player that many anticipate when he was drafted uh, out of Georgia, but Nicholas Morrow is a really smart player. He's talked about him wearing the green dot. I think the best pairing that the Eagles have at the second level. I don't think I know is Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow. They both bring something different. Zach Cunningham has been excellent by the way. He's been their best linebacker. Yes this whole season and they both bring something different. Zach is more of a tenacious, tough downhill player. And Nicholas Moore is more of the instinctive anticipatory player that can, that can really get guys lined up on, on in the second level. Are they going to have blemishes in, in pass coverage? Sure. They've had a hand in that, in that back seven pass coverage woes, but they, they give you the best chance of, of putting together uh, solidifying that second level. If uh, the worst case scenario crops up this weekend, and either Morrow or Cunningham go down, who's coming off the bench? And and that's where it becomes interesting because Christian Ellis, by default, Jody, would be the third linebacker, but when Nakobe was out, he only accumulated 12 snaps in the interim. Cunningham and Morrow really don't leave the field, but I think out of necessity you would have to see – I mean, who else do they really – I mean, you're not going to tap Ben Van Sumeren on the shoulder and say, go ahead and get out there. It would – 
be Christian Ellis, uh, I, w- I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, but you can't legislate injuries. You do have to hope Nick Morrow stays healthy. But, yeah, then it starts to get – and I always bring up Doug Peterson – I, I asked him back in the day, what, what can ruin a season quickest? And he said, multiple injuries at the same, same position. position. Well, yeah. you know, if you lose N'Kobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow, yeah, you're in trouble. Um, and I think that would be the case, but uh, that's everywhere in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I mean, I get a lot of questions as to, is there anybody out there on a practice squad or, or an, and a, free, a free agent that, would, that the Eagles should look at? I don't like to speculate. I don't like to just throw names out there. But at this point in the season, they're out there for a reason. So they're not going to be a significant reinforcement or upgrade over what you already have there. Now, if you have the mercenary market, which the Eagles kind of created, that's what I call it. And and, uh, Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue last season, uh, Bradley Roby this season. Uh, Linval, by the way, out in Buffalo now, signed Mm -hmm. with the Bills. Maybe there's somebody out there I'm missing that can at least come in as a better. The Eagles did it early because, you know, with Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack, and they 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 hit one out of two, and Zach's done a tremendous job. So, um, but that's for desperation mode. If you suffer another injury, Nick Morrow has done nothing, nothing to be taken off that field. And everybody is looking at the sky, Andrew, and saying, what is the other shoe going to drop? Maybe the other shoe isn't going to drop. Here's my <laughs> argument with Nick Morrow. He he played okay behind the worst defensive front in football last year. Now he's behind the best defensive front. So maybe it makes sense that he's playing well. If yeah, he can hold <laughs> up, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's played fine in, in close games and blowout games. Like he hasn't been overly exploited. So I, th- I think that he's checked off all the boxes and an- you would think that he's answered most of the questions that some may have had. You know what box he doesn't check off though, Andrew and Jody money. And if you don't make money, people think you stink and maybe the NFL just made a mistake. It's possible. Th- that ha- that happens. The first one. That, that happens too. And one thing that really stuck out to me and John, you've been around him a, a lot as well is just how smart he is. He's a yeah, really, really very smart player. player. You yeah. don't just come off the practice squad for week two, get issued the green dot without some, without a, the defensive coordinator having uh, a certain amount of trust in you to make sure that you're going to be able to call, you know, carry out his, his assignments. So I, I think that really speaks to his football acumen. And here's where I'll give the Eagles credit, but then also take it away. <laughs> they signed Morrow before they signed Cunningham. They mm, they yeah. made the move to sign Morrow for a relatively inexpensive contract with no guaranteed money, but they did reach out and get him done first. They didn't take Cunningham until after uh, the camp had already opened. So you, you look at them through two different lights, but then again, they did cut Nicholas Morrow, and he was out there for a week waiting to see if anybody else would put him on the 53-man roster point before he came back to that. Yeah, I'll go on the Eagles practice squad. So I want to give the Eagles credit because they made the early call on Morrow and the level that he's played to, they should get credit for it. But then, of course, your fingers go, thanks for getting through the week of just deciding as to whether he's going to be somebody else's property or not. Well, I'm sure there there was an agreement there, and he probably looked at the linebacker landscape on the Eagles and said, I probably have a chance of getting elevated here at some point. Yeah. Uh, Well, well, hold on, hold on. What do you mean by there was an agreement there? there an agreement there, there, there when it came back that he was going to be elevated? Well, there could have been. There, you have a wink, wink. No, I think yeah. 
I, I talked to Nick. He was looking around. He wanted a 53. That's why I took a, there was a little bit of a lag. Um, and, you know, he wanted to look for a 53-man roster spot. As well he should. Understandable. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and then when it wasn't there, he was, you know, he wasn't going to a different practice squad because he had already sort of ingratiated himself here. But, yeah, the Eagles gambled with him. Um, and they gambled correctly because other teams are like, we don't want him. And I think he's the eighth or ninth graded uh, off-ball linebacker by PFF. Pretty good. Uh, Where, where's uh, where's Zach Cunningham by by um, PFF? By uh, Zach's yeah. not as high. Um, and a lot of things go into that. I think I'm with you. I think Zach has been their best linebacker. Um, but it doesn't show it. But I think he's asked to do a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, than uh, the middle linebacker in this defense. Zach is still rock solid at 37, which is pretty good. Um, and he's played almost 500 snaps. Um, yeah, behind always Slay and Bradbury for the most uh, snaps on for the most snaps on the Eagles defense this year. Yeah, well, yeah, corners don't come off the field until they get hurt. But um, and Zach's Zach has played well. I think Zach might be the biggest surprise if we're doing midseason awards. Yeah, or I would best, say uh, best late signing, whatever award you want to get, make Zach, up an award. Zach Cunningham, Zach and and then you know some. You could also make a case for Blankenship. Although if you're in the camp of, of John or Andrew, and maybe you, Jody, we we kind of thought that Reed was the uh, the awakening was, was imminent with Reed. Yeah. I thought I, yeah, I always thought player. that he could Reed's play. just a good player. Good. Really is. Yeah, yeah. And he made a kind of important tackle this past week, getting Schoonmaker down at the half yard line. That that's a play we're going to look back at the end of the year and go, "Damn, what if he hadn't? What if he had leaned in and just a little bit more, and Brandon and Blankenship couldn't keep Magiento? Could have had a uh, serious outcome on the entire season." All right, I asked this to Paul Domwich when we had him on earlier. I'm going to ask it of you, Andrew. Who's going to cover? Travis Kelsey on Sunday. I know we're we're getting a week in advance, but uh, at some point we're gonna go. Oh yeah, Chiefs this week. Uh, that has been a weakness of the Eagles. It is a strength of the Chiefs. It's a strength as compared to every other tight end in the league. How are they gonna at least, uh, as Dan Patrick likes to say, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. How are they gonna contain Travis? We'll settle for contain Travis Kelsey. How are they gonna go about doing that? You may remember a conversation you and I had, Jody. I believe it was right before the season when they moved Bradbury into the slot, and and I, I told you that I didn't think it was permanent, but I thought that moves like that were made with covering a guy like a Darren yeah. Waller twice a year and covering Travis Kelsey's and George Kittle's and, and players of that mold. So that, to me, Jody, I'm still sticking with that. I think they're that revisiting Brad, that. I think I they may revisit that, and I think Bradbury yeah. would give them the best chance at perhaps slowing down. You're never going to, like you said, you can only hope to contain them, didn't but I think I, that that would be their best. Johnny Mac, didn't I hear somewhere in the last 10 or 15 minutes, you know, Bradbury's having a real bad year. Well, I, I think it, Andrew is the guy who just said that to me within the last 15 minutes. Well, he's, he's, having, a, out, you know, he's yeah. having a rough season, but he'd be covering a, a tight end versus being on the outside yeah. and covering up his speed up is a, a guy the down deficiency. the field. If, if James has got something. Yeah, Brad. I mean, Brad. Let's let's be clear. Bradbury is still a good player. Yeah, he's I, I'm not. He he is. It's just going through a rough patch, as a lot of players do. You know what? I might throw Sidney Brown at. Uh, I say, you know what, Sid? This is your game, buddy. 
Could be, big, but yeah. there, there's a big height advantage there for for Kelsey. Yeah. Well, where, you're always going to have a mismatch, but where yeah. Bradbury's a little bit longer. He's seen a lot. He's probably probably you know definitely he's smarter. Very, he's very wise. He's very wise. He he he's very. The problem is James is so wise. I, I think he convinced the coaching staff. I don't want to play. And he probably said, "I'm done with that." <laughs> I think I think that's what's going on. But last one at Andrew Dicheco. Make sure you follow Andrew on X. Um, does a tremendous job covering this team for InsideTheBirds.com. One of the smartest football guys. I think you can see it in town. Um, Thanks, man. Um, I, I we bought we, we talked since it's midseason. I mentioned midseason awards. We all talked about who was going to be better, Brian Johnson or Sean Desai. I get this weird feeling because of the expectations on the offense that everybody's down on Brian Johnson. I think Brian has been phenomenal. Me too. Phenomenal. So do um, I. Sean has been good. I, I think he's been good, but there's more, uh, there's more holes you can pick at on the defensive side and say, what's mentioned some of the explosive plays. Maybe it's just personnel related. But I think more people think Sean's doing a good job and Brian's like, ugh, ugh, uh, they don't do this. They don't do that. Do you get that same feel? Yeah, I do. And I, and I try to show, I try to educate as to why Brian, I think Brian's been tremendous as well, but I'd also look at Sean Desai and yeah, you've seen the rough patch on the defense, but I thought by and large, he's done a really good job of putting players in position to be successful you're seeing the development of a guy like Reed Blankenship. You're seeing the nurturing of a young player like Eli Ricks, who really was buried on the depth chart. He wasn't even active for week one, and yet he's playing critical snaps out of necessity. But I think that he long-term will be an outside corner for this team. Uh, you're seeing some developmental pieces there, so I think the side's done a nice job also. All right. There's a reason why I don't know if John was specifically pointing to me, because I don't think I've said this, but he read me right. I think the size had a better year for one reason and one reason only key injuries on the offense of the Eagles, Cam Jerkins period. End of paragraph key injuries on the defense. that are filling out the Eagles. Do I need to go through the list of 12? It's just one after the other, after the other, they've had more injuries at one position slot corner than they have on the entire offense. Well, we're, now we have Dallas. Now, obviously that just happened. And don't forget. Right, Quez you're Watkins. asking me today. Don't, they haven't played don't, without don't, Dallas don't, yet. No, I'm joking. Now I, that's, that's what's going to be, that's what's gonna be interesting to see how they manufacture, how they find a third option in the passing attack. Uh, I know I get Jody going. Oh, you made me you made me spit up my coffee. Y'all, <laughs> the, the, the the fear of Quez Watkins going forget, deep. Oh my god, Quez. how it hasn't pulled the Eagles offense to a screeching halt is still beyond my means of comprehension. The awakening of Jack Stoll. The awakening yes. of Jack Stoll. Yes. We shall uh, see. Yeah, I'm cutting to say uh, you gotta you I gotta, think they both done a good job, but I think Brian they have has been yeah tremendous and especially at later as he's gotten more comfortable it's, it's really apparent to me i agree yeah I'll, I'll i'll grade on a curve and say they've both been good they both get passing grades they both have uh achieved more than i'll give this i i, I thought it was an issue coming into the season new coordinators could be questionable i think they both get thumbs up 
I'll say I think the side's actually done a better job because I think his job has been much harder with the amount of injuries that the Eagles have had. Uh, Andrew, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate you greatly uh, since you're well-dressed and warmed up. Go on outside and rake some leaves or something. Get some work <laughs> in, buddy. Uh, appreciate you guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. Andrew DiCecco from uh, InsideTheBirds.com and the podcast. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. We need to put a bow on the show. It's a football Friday. Yeah, but no Eagles on Sunday. What the hell are we going to do with ourselves this weekend? We'll talk about it when we come back here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Come down home stretch, Mac and Mac, Birds 365. Uh, yeah, no Eagle game to watch this weekend. We went through some of the games that are worth watching. Saints, Vikings, uh, Lions, Chargers certainly can root against the Lions this week. Um, Commander Niners, Seahawks. Jacks. 49ers, Jacks. Not the probably, Giants, Cowboys. 
Yeah, I don't want to see Tommy Colin DeVito. Either. Come on, this is a big come. Come the fellow Jersey guy, but I I, I don't want to see Tommy DeVito play quarterback. I I've seen enough bad quarterback play for my. Uh, tend tend to agree with you there. All right, uh, again, for those of you just streaming in, missed the first half of the show. Um, our colleague Derek Gunn uh, has missed some time this week. Uh, his wife had a stroke, uh, so the family is going through a tough time. Uh, and uh, there has been a GoFundMe page started for D Gunn for potential. Uh, costs and, and hurdles he's going to need to get over going forward. Uh, so check out GoFundMe.com uh, for Derek Gunn. Um, we're praying for you, D Gunn. You know, uh, we have you in our hearts and uh, we want you back here ASAP. And uh, we'll send out a lot of good thoughts over the weekend for both you, your wife, the entire gun family. All right, uh, J Mac, you in uh, Monday? You got nothing coming up this week, right? Yeah, my week is over. It's Kansas City week on Monday, officially, although an extra day because it's a Monday night game. So, right, I'm going to do some self scouting or self something this week. I don't know what I'm going to do to myself over the weekend, oh, but I'll do something to clean up my act. And then John McMullen, Jody McDonald will be back here Monday in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.